1: Hey, thank you, Scott, and welcome aboard, everyone, for the Mustard Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska where it's happy hour. It's a beautiful holiday season, and unless you're in Fairbanks and if you're in the northern interior, that is chainsaw weather up there. And I'm really sorry about your weather. That is a slip-slide misery up there. But you know, I was thinking just just uh, today that a lot of times Anchorage in the past has had these big willows, these big warm fronts that come through in December and everything gets messy and nasty and trees fall down and powers out, but it it doesn't happen that much in Fairbanks and you know actually in, in our part of the world in Anchorage the weather's pretty normal. Right now, but in Fairbanks, they're, they have power outages galore, everybody. They're really power out to, for thousands of people still on Monday. Um, thank you, John Quick, for being my co host and Scott Levesque for our producer. And I love working with you guys. John, uh, you're in the Kiski. Did you guys have a sloppy Christmas uh, holiday or are, are you in good shape over there?
2: We're in good shape over here. You know, we had a great Christmas uh, holiday season and, and uh, went sledding and hiking with the kids and the whole nine yards. And, you know, one of the conversations I had with some friends and family uh, this last week that don't live in uh, the great state of Alaska was they said to me, and I quote, man, I wish we had a governor like you have in Alaska, Governor Dunleavy. And I got to talking with them and, and they brought up some good points. I think it's often easy to have the grass is always greener on the other side. uh, But you know they were telling me they have to have a, a vaccine passport to go in a restaurant to go into stores and all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff and mask mandates and you know getting tested every five minutes with their kids at school and and we don't have that up here um you know certain pockets of, of home rural cities have other uh, you know more stringent you know. rules, but we yeah, have a great. governor who has mm-hmm. kind of made a stance that he's not going to do the the mandate thing anymore and, and i i really appreciate that so I gotta be thankful for that over the holiday season.
1: Well yeah, Nikiski is the home of the free, land of the free, home of the brave. Well, I, I wanted to just go through. I know that Scott is gonna have the show tomorrow and the next day, and he's he's kind of got that. Wired in, he's going to go through some of the top stories of the year on Must Read Alaska, and I really am looking forward to him doing that. But I wanted to just go through a few stats, John, as we sort of close out the year, because I realized that we are only 51 stories away from having 2,000 stories posted on Must Read Alaska this year. you're, I know yours truly wrote most of them. I there are we have a number of columnists that we are very very grateful to have. In fact, today I published a column from Michael Tabliero. I, uh, we've published a column from Canada candidate, Kelly Chewbacca, who wanted to make a few points about Lisa Murkowski. And over the weekend, we we posted other columns. We've got people like Mark Hamilton, who, uh, who writes about Pebble and about the environmental process. We hear a lot from Art Chance, who's very popular with, with people. And, uh, and I'm gonna start missing him now that I'm mentioning him. And anyway, we really do appreciate our columnists for filling in where I can't get to. But uh, I was just thinking, if if I just work really hard the next few days, we're going to make two thousand stories.
2: That's pretty exciting
1: before the the end of the year. But I'm going to have to work really hard to do it. And I don't know; I may not. I've I've been trying to take some time off. That, and we're also getting an average of thirty comments per story. Now, those are approved comments, just so you know, John. We get a lot of comments. Sometimes like six hundred a day at times, but they don't all get approved. And just so people know, if if they're giving really low quality comments, like they've made a whole bunch of typos, and I just don't have time to clean up the mess. I just, I just let it go. I said, you know what, come back, try, try harder. Or if they're repetitive, or they're trolling, if they're name calling a lot, I don't, I don't like lame calling. I don't like it when people mispr- misspell can- candidates or uh, our politicians or our leaders names. I don't like them when they call them dumb levy. I think that's, just don't do it. I don't like it when they call Lisa Murkowski and they spell it like a cow. I don't like it when people are disrespectful to our leaders. I like it when they stick to the, um, the topics and they stick to the issues and don't personalize it with these nasty little attacks. So, so if I see those, those get canned too. But of all of the ones that we've, um, we've had we're getting, um, we're getting so many that it does take me about an hour a day. And I try to do it in about uh, three or four sessions a day where I go through and I really quickly approve them. I'm not trying to correct everybody's typos anymore, by the way. If they've got typos, they're kind of owning them all because I just I, I would be all day fixing them. So be careful with your comments. Try to be uh, helpful in terms of being on the issues and not personalizing things. And turn over a new leaf if, you're, if you've been a troll. Don't be a troll a total of number of words that we've produced at mastery alaska this year is 1,012,738. And wow. John um, I know you have some other stats that you want to jump in on but before you do the top referrer to mastery alaska is not facebook like some of our trolls say it is. It is actually Google and then our second most is other search engines and facebook is the third highest referrer. So um so you've got some numbers too, right?
2: I do and you know despite some uh, elected officials uh Tries to get us knocked off Facebook. You know, you know, you're doing something right when elected officials uh, from the left are sending Mark Zuckerberg personal letters and asking them to disband us on Facebook. And, and,
1: that, and we're talking to you, Zach Fields, uh, yeah. representative of downtown Anchorage. Thanks a lot for flagging us for Zuckerberg. We appreciate. it, We'll return the favor soon.
2: Yeah, and all that does is get us more views. So we appreciate that. And uh, some of the some of the stats I'm going to run through pretty huge and and a lot of these stats have we've increased one two three hundred percent from year to year so um our google stats are we've had 24 million impressions in the last 12 months which is an astronomical amount of impressions and really when you think about impressions it's when somebody is googling you know uh, Mark Bagich into Google, we're popping up into that search query where people can see our news story first on that first page. And that's happened 24 million times. Oh,
1: that's and like that's, two, 2 million a month. That's yeah, and good. That's,
2: and we're not paying for those. That's happening organically because Google sees us uh, as a website that's uh, making waves out there. So yeah. we appreciate Google for giving us those 24 million impressions. Another stat is we have a partnership with Newsbreak, which is I think the third highest downloaded news app in the iTunes store they run our stories all over the US syndicate our stories and we've had uh we've reached 30 million people on their app 30 million in uh, one year in one year which is just amazing we have we have uh uh 8000 followers on newsbreak we have the most amount of followers of any news organization in Alaska with newsbreak uh, which is pretty awesome. We're beating, you know, every every news player, the uh, Anchorage Daily News, uh, you know, the big boys with big budgets and lots of staff. We have the most amount of followers on that app, so that's pretty exciting. Um, really
1: exciting, actually.
2: Our Facebook reach, uh, we reached 9.3 million people on Facebook, um, and that's uh, we had about double that amount of impressions on Facebook. But we've reached 9.5. Of 9.3 million people on Facebook in the last 12 months. And we've had 5.5 million people engage with us on Facebook. So they're liking it. They're leaving a comment. They're sharing the post. Uh, 5.5 million people engage with us on Facebook. Um, we've done you know, a number of videos on Facebook. This stat to me is just huge. <laughs> Again, it's a big stat. We've had 5.2 million minutes of videos watched on Facebook, five point two million minutes, which is a lot of minutes. <laughs> it's a, lot a lot of, of minutes. A, yeah, it's a lot of minutes. And um, you know, we we uh, we can't thank folks enough for for watching and listening, and and we're excited that these stats are through the roof. That's uh, that stat alone uh, has increased five hundred percent over the last year. You know, if you looked at two thousand twenty compared to two thousand twenty one it's increased over 500%, which is pretty awesome. Um, We have a partnership with Facebook where we produce what they call news articles. And it's basically our stories and they get formatted into Facebook's way that they like to format them. And our our stories have been opened 1 million times by people on Facebook, uh, 1 million times, which is pretty awesome. We've in, gained in ten- their,
1: and that's and that's their version of newsbreak, basically they're what they do is that when you click on when they turn it into a story that they kind of own then. Um, you click on it, it stays in their environment they don't they, they, they don't send you out to our page they they kind of keep it there and. and <laughs> they like that, to
2: control it a little bit They like
1: yeah they control it. yeah got it.
2: And then the uh, another cool stat on Facebook is we've gained over 10,000 followers. In the last twelve months, from if you compare two thousand twenty to two thousand twenty-one, we've gained a ten thousand followers. We're almost at twenty-five thousand followers, um, which is very exciting for us. Sure and uh, on Twitter, we've reached two point five million people, which is great. In the cesspool of the Twitter world, we're out there telling people the truth. So,
1: well, yeah, and and Twitter's not a place where we particularly like to live, but we aren't not we are not seeding the field. That is a place where it's just, we're, hey, we're there for the ratio, whatever. You know, you, We understand what, what Twitter's all about and it's a place where we go to get beat up and then and we, uh, we go in and write some more stories. And we really, we really tick off the liberals on Twitter especially. Well, the first story I really wanna talk about today is, uh, is something that happened when um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is our top infectious disease specialist for, uh, for Joe Biden, went on CNN today and said, no parties on New Year's Eve, please. He said he, he does not consider it uh, safe for, for people to go to parties. And if you don't know that everybody's vaccinated at, your, at a party, then just don't go. And uh, he, he basically said he'd stay away from that. I have been telling people consistently that if you're vaccinated and boosted and you have a family setting in the home with family and relatives, it's okay. But if you're talking about a New Year's Eve party where you have 30, 40, 50 people celebrating and you do not know the status of the vaccination, I would recommend staying away from that this year. And that is because this Omicron um, variant that everybody's talking about, and it's apparently within days has overwhelmed the Delta variant and is now the only variant that anybody talks about. It's like Delta doesn't exist anymore. And I just think it is hilarious because our own Jamie Allard, who's an assemblywoman for Anchorage, has set forth a New Year's Eve party and campaign fundraiser, and she's rented the entire ballroom of the Marriott. And apparently she has blocked off many, many rooms in the Marriott so that people wanting to celebrate New Year's Eve can stay the night and be safe. And those rooms have, were all actually reserved. I mean, people reserved them so fast that the, the hotel has now opened up a, another huge block of rooms for her. Anyway, so she's having a, a fundraiser and she doesn't care what Anthony Fauci said, and I, I called her and, and I asked her, well, what do you think about that? And she said, look, we got to celebrate. We, we have to celebrate living while we're living. We we can't just hide under a rock for the rest of our lives. And I know I, she said, I, you know, I get that the virus is affecting people. It's making people very sick. And some people have a, a real bad experience. Lots of people have died from it, but we can't live like this forever. And so um, we in our world, it's kind of, a, she didn't say this, but in our world, it's kind of party on. We've, we've got to be able to get beyond all this big fear narrative. And i um, really proud of her. And I think that it is going to be the party of the year. And it's yeah. a New Year's Eve, December 31st, starting at 8 p.m. And if you uh, want to go learn more about it, you should go over to AllardForAlaska.com, I think is where her website is. And it's probably there or a story on Must Read Alaska. We did a story on that and we will see you on New Year's Eve. I think there'll be about 500 people there, so it should be a good time.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know the thing that's uh, exciting for me is that Jamie has figured out a way to get people excited about conservative politics and politicians. I think that a lot of times people go to Juno and they promise one thing, and they get to Juno and they kind of drink the Kool-Aid, and they soon forget about all the things that they promised and all the things that they told people they were gonna do and the people that they represent. And, and Jamie's been somebody who's uh, been able to stick up for the conservatives and just for sound thinking as an Anchorage assembly person. And she has really got people excited. I mean, this thing is gonna be ginormous. Her last- It's going epic. She did <laughs> is ginormous. And this goes to show if you are thinking about running or you're currently elected official, look at what Jamie is doing. She is out there talking about freedom. She's out there talking about not mandating things, not requiring masks. She's not She's not necessarily saying she doesn't believe there's a virus or doesn't believe that, you know, vaccines could work. She's out there advocating for freedom. And yeah. that has been forgotten about in a big way in the last couple of years by a lot of our politicians that people just want to know that you're going to stick up for their freedoms. And she is doing that in a very vocal way. And I'm excited to see what her, uh, her running campaign is going to look like, because I think she's going to, I hope she's going to win and I hope she's going to go to Juno and be able to knock some sense into these folks that just get there and forget about why they ran in the first place. And, you know, the Fauci thing is just hilarious to me as well, because, you know, you'll, you'll see like, uh, you know, uh, President Biden, for example, over the holidays, he had a bunch of, you know, White House uh, Christmas things where, you know, they have they had this one where he him and his wife were sitting in the White House and they were listening to some Italian opera singers and and everybody in the whole room is masked except for President Biden and his wife. And it's a federal requirement to to be masked while you're in the White House at all times if you're in some sort of a public setting. And it just goes to show that, you know, Nancy Pelosi getting her haircut while everybody else can't get a haircut. The rules are for for everybody else except for the people that are making the rules. And I think people are getting sick and tired of this kind of mentality where you get somebody like Fauci or Biden or or whatever, and they make all these mandated rules, but they don't follow them themselves and they laugh at the people that have to follow them.
1: Well, at their own peril, because there's going to be a big red wave and it is going to surprise the heck out of them uh, come this, this coming election because I think Americans are starting to catch on. The conservatives have been talking this way a long time. And if you go in conservative social media sites, you'll see this, and it's been this way since the beginning, where people are saying, yep. um, n- you know, disease, yes, we've got to we've got to control disease in our society. That's what societies do. They try to control disease. Freedoms, even more important to protect. So um, one of the other things I want to talk about is this absolutely ridiculous op-ed that ran in the Anchorage Daily News by former Governor Bill Walker over the weekend. And I, I just had this, um, this sense today that Bill Walker must completely have amnesia when he wrote this, this op-ed. He wrote about how terrible it is that, that Angela Rodell was fired as the, uh, the, the CEO of the Alaska Permanent Fund. And the, the Board of Trustees, we know, fired her a couple of weeks ago and not with much explanation. But then again, it's personnel. You don't get explanation on personnel. And he talked about how in 2018, brave bipartisan legislators joined my administration and passed SB26, which, of course, is the POMV, the, the percent of market value, which stole half of everybody's permanent fund dividend because of the <laughs> they're week. so brave when they're stealing our yeah money. they're so brave that they they stole it and they've stolen it ever since and you know everybody knows that i'm i'm sort of so so on the permanent fund because i i realize it can't it can't be ten thousand per person i realize that if we did that we would probably attract the wrong kind of person to alaska and but he went, he goes on to talk about how great Angela Rodell was. Well, this is the same governor that fired Angela Rodell when he came into office. She was the commissioner of revenue and he fired her. But even worse, he fired her without take, taking the trouble to pick up the phone and call her. He didn't bother calling Angela Rodell. No, he just let her read about it in the newspaper that she was fired. And so now he's got this op ed saying, oh my gosh, it's just terrible that that the Permanent Fund Board of Trustees has fired Angela Rodell. It must be Governor Dunleavy's problem. It must be he who has done it and it's, he's politicizing it. When, when you look back at his very own history, but what the um, thing that struck me is that the Anchorage Daily News is walking down this path, the same path they walked down in 2014 and 2018, doing everything they can to support a Bill Walker governorship. And they are absolutely shameless. They think that we don't remember, and yet we do. And I'm going to keep reminding them. The editorial page, um, as well as the editor and the reporters, are all in the tank for Bill Walker. Oh yeah. And that is the very reason why, you know, Must Read Alaska is here in the first place. Is because we saw what they did in 2014. We saw what they did in 2018. These guys are shameless and they never stop. So we're just going to keep fighting, right?
2: Yeah. My favorite quote in the, in the op-ed or whatever this thing is, it's a group bunch of garbage is what it is. It's a politicized board, a huge overdrawn of the fund and a shifting of leadership with no explanation. And Bill Walker was the guy to politicize a permanent fund and to take, you know, basically try to steal the money and use it for government. And, you know, I think that that's just like most conservatives or libertarians in Alaska think that it's going to be a slippery slope. You give them a dime of the permanent fund, and they're going to want the whole dang thing, and it doesn't solve any of the budget problems. If they if these folks can't balance a budget, you know, uh, with with what they have, why are you going to give them more to do it? It's like, you know, if I if I if my parents gave me ten bucks to go to the store, and well, sorry mom, I overspent the ten bucks, and I and I owe you know. 15 bucks to the store, it's not going to teach me any lessons for my parents to give me five bucks to go pay for stuff that they only gave me 10 for. I'm just going to think, oh, that was a free five bucks. I'm going to keep doing that because I can get more money. Works for me. And this is Bill Walker is like you said, it's like he forgot about his four years when he was the governor. And he is the guy that that made this permanent fund, the the mess that it's in today of, 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 horse trading and stealing the money that's supposed to be in people's pockets
1: absolutely he's the one who vetoed half of the permanent dividend and it has never been the same since once he politicized it it you know he broke the compact with alaska and so so the gall that he has to to write this op-ed and that and it is so hilarious because of course the if 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 a conservative writes an op-ed for the Anchorage Daily News, they fact check it until it's no longer relevant. They hold it for weeks and and then they'll send it back to you and say, yeah, we need you to fact check this, show us your work. They never fact check Walker on this. If they had fact checked him, they would have found, wait a minute, you're saying that it's wrong for Angela Rodell to be fired? Wait a minute, you fired her. You politicized the permanent fund dividend. Anyway, good old Anchorage Daily News, up to its old tricks. So last topic, okay, today, The president talked with a bunch of governors and he admitted that COVID has to be handled on a state level, not a federal level. This is hilarious. This is the president who he ran on COVID. Um, Just like Bill Walker, he must assume that we have amnesia. So in 2020, he said, and this was like in October of 2020, we're eight months into this pandemic and Donald Trump still doesn't have a plan to get this virus under control. Well, guess what he said today? There is no federal solution. This gets solved at the state level. This is what he told governors today, which is he's finally figured it out. There is no federal solution. Now, I don't think he really believes that. I think he believes that there is a way to have him, you know, have universal mask mandates. And of course, Anthony Fauci today also came out and said that he believes it's time to have a vaccine passport for airplane travel. So that is his soft opening for the vaccine passport. For um, us, us travelers, um, but you know this is the guy who also said that uh, he that he you know Joe Biden and Obama left a pandemic playbook for Trump, and they criticized him for not following their plan. Well, well, maybe maybe they should follow their plan if they left this playbook. How come it's not working? Um, but it's true that I, I quote from PBS here in 2020 they said absolutely PBS said. Quoted them saying, We absolutely did leave a plan. It was called a playbook. It lists different kinds of infectious disease threats that could emerge. Novel coronaviruses were among the pathogens flagged as having a potential. And this is from the Obama administration. And, um, you know, they're basically saying, Yeah, we left Trump a playbook, but he didn't play by it. So now what? You guys don't play by it either.
2: Yeah, these by folks the are. Way, out of touch with reality it's just by the way you saw today
1: that um you saw today that fauci said you know not only are are people going to need a passport to travel pretty soon but the center for disease control today said you know people who contract the coronavirus can um just just be uh, quarantined for five days instead of 10 what happened to science here And and Scott, I know you want to jump in on this. You have something to say. And Scott, our producer, he's going to jump right in.
0: Yeah, you know me. I'm not short of uh, hot takes on this. But isn't it funny how before when Biden was running for his presidency, uh, hey, we can't trust this quick, ready-to-go-to-market vaccine. We don't know anything about it. Nobody's going to take this. Then what ends up happening? He tries to enforce a vaccine mandate. He says beforehand, no, we're never going to enforce a mask mandate. Well, he tried to enforce a mask mandate. Now it's, listen, Trump has done an awful job. We are here to win and beat back the coronavirus. Now it's, you know what? We just don't have the tools to do this. We're going to have to let the states do it. Well, I would look at this as a massive coup for guys like, I don't know, Governor Dunleavy, who has taken heat. Uh, I'd look at this as Ron DeSantos. A lot of Republican-run states need to look at Joe Biden and go, we've been telling you this for a long time, baby. It's just taking you this long to realize how incompetent you are, which makes sense because Joe doesn't even know his first name, let alone his last. And I'm not sure you could spell COVID-19, but if I'm those governors, I am frustrated. I'm saying, dude, you sat there and you badmouthed every state that decided to stay open and not lock down. And now look at us. We have more people traveling to our states. We have more people who are happy with our governorship. And now you have the gall to say, you know what? I screwed up. This is... This is tried and true democratic politics at its best, and I just hope. I know this is year one, and we got three more years of this ridiculous garbage. But people need to remember, and they need to be reminded often.
1: Yep, they do. And so this is uh, this is him finally realizing that uh, that the states should probably control uh, the, the spread of this virus and the treatment of the virus and, and getting out the monoclonal antibodies. But you're right. He is the guy who actually went down and uh, sent his people down to Florida to pull back the monoclonal antibodies from Florida because he wanted to punish Ron DeSantis. This is really, really evil stuff. Listen, that is it for today, folks. I know that we went through this, these topics really fast and not in depth, but onward to 2022 for Must Read Alaska. And if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, thank you so much. It makes it possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska and your help is what is giving people a voice. And I appreciate that so much. Um the donate button is on the right side of mustreadalaska.com and thanks for helping us keep the lights on here. Until next week, John and Scott and I are signing off for somewhere in Alaska.